you can just go for it. It's, it's just... <laughs> oh my god, that is an excellent start. It's just, it's just oh funny because like, as soon as like, we get to the podcast, we're just like, well, we can talk about Frank Ocean. It's just like, no, no we can't. No, we're not going to talk <laughs> we about... Can't. We're not going to talk about... We can't even bring up the guy's name. We should we should have a moratorium because like every time we bring him up, it's just like, oh, this show's about him now. Yeah, like the other, like the yeah, it's another thing. Oh my god! Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Purvis, how was your week? Yes, sir. Uh, It was a decent week. I'm less stressed out about school. Yeah, work is work. I'm giving less of a crap more recently, and I'm drinking with coworkers now, so. Oh my god! Well, Sorry, you, point. you work at a bank. People drink there. Yeah, that's true. That's, I mean, we both work at corporate offices, and you find out very quickly that they love to drink. That that's they yeah they do. Push. I mean, it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, they <laughs> it do. Does make sense. Although I think my office might be significantly well. No, it's not less corporate. It's just trying to be less corporate. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, to be fair, I would say uh, our career paths are very different. So uh, I can see your place being a lot more rowdy than mine. <laughs> you have no idea. Oh my god! But yeah, no, I feel that. We. Yeah, uh, how was your week? Oh, it's fine. It's fine. You know it. It's a weird ratio of like busy to stressful. You know, very busy, shockingly not stressful. Kind of enjoying my week, as busy as it is. Like not having a bad time at all. Right. As long as it's not both, then like yeah. you can survive. No, to be de- dead ass, as long as I'm not stressed, I'm happy. I don't care if I'm busy, I don't care if it's slow, as long as I ain't got stress, I'm fine. No, yeah, I definitely feel that. It, it's funny, like, every time we talk about the weeks, I try to remember, like, what we talked about earlier throughout the week, because, like, we actually do a lot of stuff outside of work, but we always bring up work. Yeah. Well, it's because we record during the week, and it's like, that's what dominates your week. And also, like, I don't know. Right now, my life is like pretty boring outside of work. It's like, yeah, I uh, played Horizon Forbidden West. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, by all means, we can sit here and talk about games. We can sit here and talk about games. Also, <laughs> yeah. Also, like, I am just trouncing folks in Halo. Like, sometimes oh, you're still on the Halo bus. I feel like a lot of people fell off. I, I, it comes in waves. I went like three, four weeks without playing it, and this week I'm just playing it again. And then, like, I'll probably play it for like two more weeks, and then I'll go three, four weeks without playing it. You know what I mean? Right. No, that makes sense. It goes in waves. Yeah. I buy like a single player game, I play the crap out of it for like two or three weeks until I 100% it, and then I don't touch a controller for like another two or three weeks. Yeah, that's more or less how I am. Yeah. And I'm, I'm also reading a lot, and it's just like, Read it's it's real, real relaxing, but like man, it takes up a lot of time. Like it's not something you can really do quickly. <laughs> yeah, no, that not at all. I was gonna say I'm not even gonna hold you to it. I, besides a textbook by force because of school, I don't think I've read a book since like my junior year of high school. You should you should read books, man. It's important for people to read books. Yeah, I've been told, but there's there, there is a reason why the default. Like utilization of human knowledge is a book. I I just I one hundred percent believe that like when you read something you and you take the time to comprehend it, you you understand it better. But maybe that's just me. I don't know. That's one way to think about it. I, I guess I just never really sat down and thought about it like that. Yeah. 
But like, oh. I, I mean, it does make sense. You put a lot more effort into reading than just yeah. sitting on a couch and watching TV. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do like, I do watch a shit ton of TV. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Like, Wait. I, was, I watch a shit. What's up? <laughs> have you started the, the Lakers show on HBO? Yes, I have. I'm two episodes in. Is it good? Okay. It's fantastic. Uh, Fantastic. I'm still catching up on Bel Air, which is fantastic. Um, I'm really yeah, loving Bel Air. I think I think Bel Air might be a topic that we get to eventually. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, and yeah. it's very much worth it. I don't care if it has to do with music. Well, it has a lot of. I, I definitely. I. It's it. certainly adjacent. Like yeah, I was it about is. To say, it, it's it's pretty much along the same. Thing. I think that might be the conversation we have. Like, does it count as like part of hip hop culture because it's not music or graffiti or whatever? <laughs> I, I would say it's still very much intertwined with sports, movies, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And speaking, again, wow, I'm, I'm getting off topic right off the bat. It doesn't matter. It's a podcast. Uh, There's no such thing as topics. <laughs> Who cares? Speaking of music aligning with sports, I don't know if you know, and I know you probably don't care as much, but um, Vanessa Bryant, Kobe's wife, mm-hmm. or... She just tweeted or Instagram, something like that. Something on social media confirming that they're bringing Kobe's back. And uh, this is a big deal. I can't, I cannot wait. I hope I get a pair of Kobe's. It will be freaking amazing. Oh, the shoes? my shoe collection. Yes, sir. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. It, it, I guess some new deal with Nike or whatever. Super hype. I cannot wait. I, wanna... I, will, I will buy as many as I can. Dude, I want to get back into sneakers, but like. They need to get easier to get and not as expensive as they are. This is very true. Like the, the price is, point, get used to it. Unless it's resale, then that's trash. But yeah, it's impossible to get these shoes. I mean, I remember it was it was not too long ago that like you could just like walk into a Foot Locker, pay a hundred and twenty dollars, and get like a pair of Jordan ones that was like, you know, basic ass colors, but like a pair of shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Again, you, you know, do have like, to take a step back and be like, these are literally a pair of shoes. Yeah, it's like... It's not that serious. Yeah, it's like, look, I... Okay, I don't, but, like, I understand, I guess, why people <laughs> go crazy over the super exclusive shit, you know? I get that, kind of, I guess. But... I, I will say this. But, like, a black pair of Air Force Ones? Like, really? I got a fucking bid on these? <laughs> like, <laughs> what is going on? They're will... $200? What the fuck? Like, okay, no, it definitely... I will say black Air Force Ones are maybe like $90. They were only $90 now. I think I picked up a pair, and I just keep them in my trunk just in case I forget shoes at home. Um, or forget shoes when I go out, I should say. But what I would say, since I've... Purpose goes to his car, shoes, big barefoot. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I go out in slides. You know I wear slides every yeah. But yeah, I've gotten really into shoes. I took a break. I'm trying to get back into it. I just got the Oreo Yeezys 350s. And then I just picked up the Gatorade Jordan 6s. I'm praying to God I get these Air Max ones that are coming out on uh, Air Max Day. So, like, I've been fiending, and I'm starting to get back into it. And, like, I've I've experienced the high because I've had, like, off-white shoes. I've had Shattered Backboard shoes, and I've sold them both for a lot of money. I won't put the number on there. Um, but uh, it, it's definitely a thrill, and I, I cannot wait to get back into it. Wow. Yeah, I mean, probably in the back half of this year. I got, I'm, I'm pinching pennies until my sister's wedding. But uh, I want to get back into sneakers. I, I used to be. I have, like, one good pair of Jordans left. But I just ran through all of them because when I was in grad school, I was extra broke. And... 
let's be fair. That's what you do when you're kids. You, yeah. Well, not kids, but younger, I should say. Yeah. Well, uh, when you don't have expendable income. This is also true. We uh, just picked up a lot more bills within the past five years of our existence. <laughs> yeah. All right. Shall we? Uh, anyway. Shall we get into <laughs> the news? Now that we Which, have... <laughs> I should say, I should say, going into this, we have made kind of a, a change, an, not an even edi- on purpose. An editorial decision. <laughs> that's what, that's right. what media people call it, an editorial decision. Sure, let's go with that. Um, we will now be doing news <laughs> on the music that's coming out after we record the podcast. Yeah, that's what we've kind of decided. It kind of made sense. Like, it was kind of like... <laughs> It would make sense not to speak about music that we listened to the yeah. week before. Then it comes out like it, it was a whole like ten day period where yeah. we talk about news and then it's dead out by the time yeah. we release the podcast. So we'll be talking about music that is coming out the week of the podcast. Yeah. So we record we record now on Thursdays. So we have all the information for what drops on Friday for New Music Friday. And we edit and we distribute it on Sunday. So you'll be hearing about like all the stuff that dropped that week, the single lead-ins, everything that we can. And yeah, that's a, that has been our editorial decision of the week, is to make sure to talk about the albums that are coming out now. When they're coming out. <laughs> yeah, they come out now. Uh-huh. You know, when we say it, it makes us think, uh, what are we doing here? But anyway, we're, we're getting it together. Yes, we are. All right, we so... We start off with the albums then. We got... New albums dropping this week. We got four that could possibly do numbers. We got Nigos, I Know Nigo. We got Denzel Curry, Melt My Eyes, See Your Future. We have Buddy, Super Ghetto, and Lotto, 777. Okay. Uh, where do you want to start? Who is Nigo? Who is this person? Because <laughs> I've so... seen him. We've talked about his singles, a few, the singles leading up to this album. A few times, yes. you know, uh, and hey, I even like some of them. The Pusha T one and the Kid Cudi one, I've been listening to pretty consistently. I would say, like, I'm still trying to figure out, if I'm being honest, I was told that he's a producer at one point. That's the vibe um, I'm I was getting. Told that, yeah, I was told that he is his own artist. I honestly have no idea. Because, <laughs> like, I've, I've listened to that Kid Cudi uh, Nigo song, Want It Bad, like, plenty. And I've been like, okay, I'm going to listen for this guy's verse. I probably just blank out whenever he gets on. And I'm like, no, <laughs> he's not there. There's no one yeah, there. Yeah, he's literally not there. And it's, um, but, like, that just gives me the sense, and especially because, like, the fe- the album list is so feature-heavy. It just gives me the sense. Jesus yeah, it's like every song is a feature. It gives me the sense that it's a producer album. You know, it's like when Travis Barker or Metro Boomin make an album and they just produce every track and they have all these, like, every, you know, song is for a different artist. And those are, those can be really good albums. I was going to say, there's a lot of good ones and a lot of bad ones. As long as we don't mention the DJ Khaled ones, we are in the same zone. Man. Because all of those are bad. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> I, I, there's, I, like, it, one DJ Khaled song I really love. But, like, it came I out. I don't even know if I can say that. I, I bet if you listen to the song, you'd like it. But it was like, this was 2011 DJ Khaled. I'm on one with Drake and... Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, this is like 
years before he discovered We the Best. <laughs> years before Major Key. Ma- this another was, one. This album, this song was probably <laughs> seven years old when he started saying Major Key. Like, yeah, so it, it looks like it's a producer centered album, and it is. Yeah, I just looked into it, and um, you know, I think bio on Spotify says DJ, hip hop producer, label owner. So it makes yeah. sense. So I mean, I feel like I've already heard half the album. So like, I'll I'll probably be giving it a spin or two just because those could be fun. I've there's been plenty of producer albums that I listen to pretty consistently. Yeah, I was gonna say this is. Uh, I would say. I'm very, very excited for this just because of the features alone. There's two Tyler, the creator. There's ASAP Rocky. There's Pharrell Williams. There's Kid Cudi. ASAP Ferg, Pusha T, Pop Smoke, Little Zuvert. All those names are extremely well Yeah. So I, I can't wait. All right. Now, one of one of my golden boys, one of my, my very, very Ooh. favorite little men, uh, Denzel Curry. <laughs> uh He's dropping <laughs> Melt My Eyes, See Your Future. I know. We're just going to move past it. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm hyped for this. I've, I've like, <laughs> I actually am hyped too. I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> I just completely broke character. Um, carry on. <laughs> no, I just, you know, every single for this, or at least a single he's been dropping recently, the one that came out this week, Troubles with T-Pain, I've mm-hmm. Walking, Zatachi, liked all of them. Fucked with it all. So this will probably be the first album of the of the four that I listen to. This, I am in, anticipating listening to this album tomorrow. It is part of my day already planned. <laughs> I will say uh, everything I've heard from him is amazing. It didn't click right away. It took a second to grow. Yeah. Like if you actually listen to the lyrics, this man is uh, he's insane. He's actually insane. Oh, he's a lunatic. Which is like, crazy, because, yeah. like, if you ever watch an interview with him, he comes across, like, probably the most well-adjusted of the SoundCloud guys. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, he yeah. certainly comes, because, like, he talks about, like, yeah, I had, like, loving parents and, like, a stable household. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've seen a lot of different interviews, mostly on that end, but every once in a while he comes out and says some, like, random stuff where he's like, oh, this is the crazy. It makes sense now. Yeah, <laughs> no. But I, I love the dude. I love the energy he puts out. I think he is so hype. What did you say? Uh, we talked about this before on the podcast, and you texted me about it afterwards. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. About, like, how? Go ahead. Fuck. I know, like, the general thing. We were it basically was... saying, like, who would we compare him to or something? Or, like, oh, yeah. Like, who would you, like... Oh, who would you introduce? To? Yeah. Basically, right. the idea was, like, if you... It's very hard to, like, find, like, a similar artist to recommend... Denzel Curry. Like, for example, like, if someone was like, oh, I'm a big Kanye fan, like, it's like, okay, well, then you're probably going to be a big fan of, like, a uh, lot of different Yeah, Childish Gambino <laughs> or, you know, Pusha T for this, this, this is reasons. It was very, very hard to think of one for Denzel Curry. Like, very, very hard to be like, who is someone that, like, seems like a prime Denzel Curry fan? And the answer that I've realized is probably metalheads and like people who like aren't necessarily into rap because i think his just like because not that he's not a great rapper and i think he's like very well respected among his peers but like just the energy he has kind of like his whole ethos and aesthetic i think it's very compatible with like a lot of what people look for in like metal as a subculture and because like and it's important to note that, like, me- like metal is, like, a subculture in a way, like, 
in a very similar way to hip hop that like rock and like rock music quote unquote doesn't really have you yeah. see you see oh. what i mean so I, that that would be like the kind of person where like if you really want to give someone like a really good really authentic cuz like let's be real like most metalheads are like yeah i like Eminem and that's it <laughs> <laughs> like if you wanted to give someone who's still. like very current very with it but like still appeals to like that kind of crowd i would for sure recommend Denzel Curry Right. I was going to say, as soon as you text me about this, because I think we talked about it days after the podcast, I kind of... Uh, it was while I was editing it that it hit me. Right. Like, as soon as you hit it to me, and it could just be, like, confidence bias, where, like, oh, you're told something, and it kind of reconfirms it, and, like, you start believing it even more. But even if it's not that, um, when you told me that, like, as you know, I have a lot of, like, white friends, just who I grew up with in high school and stuff like that. And it, it's funny, because one of them, like... Sam, one of my one of my um, best friends, he has a whole playlist called like an, an angst playlist. I listen to none of the music on the playlist because I just don't relate to it. But it's all like, like you say, it would be like heavy metal or like hip hop or like this dark music. And his favorite rapper, I think, is Denzel Curry. So it just obviously made sense. Yeah, and like, <laughs> like a lot of my friends like that, they're one of their favorite rappers. They don't say it, but like they always hype and listen to Denzel Curry. Yeah, and that's interesting because like. No one. I you're the. I don't know many people in my life that like listen to Denzel Curry. That's yeah. Yeah, like I, I, I just know don't. a couple, but nope. I will say this. I know, I know some people, people who fuck with, him, but I don't know people that talk about exactly. I know right. people who like, like if you say like oh Denzel exactly. Curry, they'll be like oh he's good. Like right, but like, you're not gonna listen to him. Yeah, like my buddy Christian, shout out Gonzo, right? Like he saw Denzel in concert because he opened for Billie Eilish and. Christian's weird. He was like, yo, Denzel is like the truth. He put on an amazing show. And I'm like, I told you, man. But yeah, I, I think I think that's what's interesting about him. And I also think that's kind of the reputation he has. Cause I remember he had that oh, yeah. very viral, like a version covered where like people do covers of other people's songs. And he did a Rage Against the Machine song. Boy, is that fitting. <laughs> yeah, and Rage Against the Machine, like, it's a metal band, but, like, Zach De La Roca is a rapper. And he threw his go. own verse into it. It was incredible. And, like, Rage Against the Machine is a very hard band to cover because it's very performance-based. It's, like, the exact opposite of, like, like an R&B artist where, like, they're doing this complicated singing. It's, like, no, it's very simple lyrics, very simple singing. But you gotta make people want to like burn up, a, like throw a Molotov cocktail. It's in the, the delivery. Car. Yeah, it's all right, in the, it delivery, the delivery, all in the stage presence, and like I think that is like the thread you can draw from like heavy metal to Denzel Curry that I think will, people will fuck with. And it's not exclusive to him. And also like <clears throat> the weird, you know, metal kind of being like the pale stepchild of like the pale cousin of hip hop in some ways. Like we're not the first people to talk about this, you know, public oh, enemy no, and anthrax no. were making music together before we were kids or it, before we were born. That you, right. I was going to say, it's interesting that you brought that up because it's definitely like, obviously this isn't the first time someone's talking about like metal, heavy metal transitioning over to rap. But I was just thinking in my free time, I was like, Oh, we could do a segment on like, artists that are good at transitioning music and like introducing people to music but i just thought about like it's so much easier to say like oh hip-hop transitioning to r&b because there's like a thousand artists that do that yeah because there's like, like a, yeah and there's a thousand hip-hop songs that have like an r&b artist on the hook exactly 
in any other genre, just in general. And I was just going down the list. Like, I even went as far as, like, gospel into hip-hop. Like, that would be Chance, sure, but that's about it. Yeah. But, like, it, it's unique where Denzel Curry kind of stands on his own. We're like, really, there's no one else like him, and that's really beneficial to his career. There's there's no one else like him that isn't, like, some sideshow that's completely irrelevant. Yes. You know, he's, like, a relevant figure in the culture. He made it. Yeah, he made it. He's respected, and he has that energy. And also, like, I 100% believe, as I think I've heard it in interviews, that, like, Denzel Curry, like, this is all stuff he, like, consciously puts into his music. Like, Duke looks like a Hot Topic employee. <laughs> All right, now tell me, tell me about this buddy guy again, because we talked about this last week, but Super Ghetto yes. is finally dropping. Yes, it's finally dropping. Um, like I said last week, Buddy was really influential on Revenge of the Dreamers. But besides that, he has his own discography. He's very good, very new, up and rising from California, I believe. Um, I actually meant to look up, who is he signed to? Give me a second. While I look this up, another thing I actually want to bring up, it's funny because... I know that you know who Buddy is, and I don't think you realize that, because Buddy actually pops up in Bel Air, the show. Oh, who is he? Now remember, he is signed to RSA Records, a rising rapper from rapper from Compton, California. He was signed by Pharrell. He's done a lot of different collaborations. Like I said, he shows up in the show Bel Air. It's the scene where um, Will is in Jazz's like music shop, and this artist comes in, and it's funny because like I did the same thing. Oh, I literally he's like, like, did the same thing. And he was like, oh, that's Buddy. And it's funny because I literally said that out loud. I was like, oh, that's Buddy. And then Will said, oh, that's Buddy. And then Buddy looks at him and just like, oh, who the fuck are you? <laughs> but, wow. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even catch it. Like where he's like looking for the different, he's looking for something to flip really quick. Yes. That's That's Buddy. Good. So now you know who he is. Oh, um, cool. But he makes dope music anyway, so I would definitely recommend. He, it is Like I said, he's early in his career. No better time to jump on, check him out, see if you like him or not. If you don't, keep it pushing. If not, congrats, you found a glorious. Yeah. I'll, I'll for sure be checking this album out, 100%. All right, last one, Lotto777. Got to be honest, um, uh, this person is new to me. been seeing them everywhere. So it looks like they're having a very organic rise. That's cool. Yeah, I was going to say, to be honest, I, I'm in the same boat. I don't know a lot about her. From what I've done from my research this week, she has been around for a decent amount of time, but like hasn't really been, I, I would say, popping off and successful. Like, no way is she at like Mega Stallions level or something like that or popularity. But she's like apparently not new. I would say that. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I know about this album so far is supposed to be like her uh, second coming, I guess you can say. She was saying that she's grown a lot as a woman, and this is going to show in her new album. It's going to be different from the previous ones. Another reason I want to bring it up, because we actually were talking about just like a Women's History Month in general. Um, I think it really sucks the way that women are still treated in the industry. Apparently, there was an interview where she was saying one of the people featured on the album, and it's still on the album, um, apparently said they wasn't going to release the music until... They slept with, or she slept with him. Yeah, that's all which I really sucks. That's all I know about the uh, the album was that controversy, which immediately yeah. puts me on Lotto's side, right? Like, which oh, well, I understand, like, obviously, you know, which is gonna get me to listen to the album just because, like, I want to root for the girl now because that's fucking fuck, man. Oh, like, well, I, I just is, did some research and it is Kodak Black. 
What did I say in the other podcast? If Kodak Black is your favorite, anything you're losing. That is the most unsurprising thing that has ever happened. I'm just going to say. Yeah, that. no. Not at all. Yeah, he, he, it's like the first thing. I, I went to her tweet about the album promoting it. And one of the first responses is like a video of him basically admitting to it. Um, yeah, that really sucks. That's disappointing. Wow. She was like, I'm going to keep it on the album because I like the song. Wow. Fuck Kodak Black. I would legitimately try to get like his rights taken off the publishing so she gets all the money. That is not a bad idea. I, I would legitimately, like if I was her, this, Lotto, this is not legal advice. I am not a lawyer. <laughs> But I've matter I've, of fact, we're getting him killed tonight. No, not that, not that. Don't do that. Uh, <laughs> this is Kodak Blackett. Like, uh, but Lana, I'm not a lawyer, but I would do that. I would talk to your lawyer about doing that. I'm sure he's very good. I'm sure you can afford a very nice lawyer. Uh, get that, get that money. Anyway, those are Anywho. the uh, those are the albums. Yeah. So, guess what? You're going to have to tell me about these singles, because I did not listen to a one of them. That is okay. And you know what the beautiful thing is? Yeah. Either did I, because now we're talking about relevant music. Yeah. <laughs> um, this stuff all off, dropped, like, today. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, this is either today, tonight, or tomorrow. Um, we decided to kind of mix in the singles and the music videos, just because, like, in reality, I struggle finding music videos throughout the week. It's honestly not that many that comes out throughout the week that's mentionable. Um, so I'll just jump into it. The first one is the song Come On, Let's Go, who has Tyler, the Creator, and Pharrell in it. This is one of the songs that's going to be on uh, Nico's album. So I want to okay. point that out. He, no one, like, you can't get enough of Tyler. He's at the peak of his career. He's had two peaks, in my opinion. <laughs> so he cert- he's certainly, yeah, he certainly has had two waves. He has, like, pre- and post-Cherry Bomb. Yep. And I don't know how he did it. I don't know any other artist ever that he has two peaks, but I guess that's a different conversation. for Kanye? I guess that's true, yeah. yeah. The very elite people. Yeah. No, Ty- Tyler <laughs> is one of them. He, he is yeah. one of the greats right now. Which is um, crazy, because I was not into... Maybe I was a little too old when Odd Future hit, but... Really? I mean, I was like nineteen, twenty, but like the only odd future. I mean, I like Tyler like now, but like I did not fuck with his earlier music that much. I didn't hate it, but it wasn't really my thing. I, I actually thought about this in the past before, and I don't think I brought it up to you, but I feel like Odd Future is one of those very rare groups where a lot of I won't say everybody, obviously, but a lot of people that I discuss Odd Future about with like. They don't like the group, but they love the people in it. Like it individually, Earl Sweatshirt, phenomenal. Frank Ocean, we don't we, we open up the podcast with this. We don't need to open up a can of Frank Ocean. Um, Tyler the Creator, just all the artists that came out of all out of future, and even the careers. Taco had an amazing career in acting, and um, got the other dude's name. He was just in man. Do you remember Loiter Squad? Uh, movie. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like all of them individually. I've had amazing careers, but I feel like anytime I've seen like or had a conversation about this, it's like, oh, do you listen to the Odd Future? Like as a collective, it's just like it's not the same. Yeah, I mean the Odd Future albums are good. Like those like collective albums, they're pretty good. Oldie's a really good song, 
But like that's literally it, exactly. Everyone says Odie, and then yeah. and then that's it. But yeah, like that's that just kind bad, of yeah. that's just kind of in me, and you know I think I we're gonna move on the second after I finish the sentence because this is uh, a topic for another day. But I do think it's interesting to compare and contrast uh, Odd Future and Brockhampton. Because they're like opposites, but also the exact same. Like, Yeah, I'm about to say, we can bring, we plan on doing a Brockhampton. Yeah, I think we're going to do a whole Brockhampton, Brockhampton podcast. Yeah. Which is very worthy. Yeah. So uh, we can bring it up there, and then we can bring up on um, like ASAP Mob. We can bring up all the groups. Yeah. Yeah, I just think those two have the most in common. I would agree. Yeah. All right. Um, so, yeah, Little know. Skies, play this at my funeral. Why would I want to do that? Do you know who Little Skies is? No, am I I'm just curious. Get, I'm gonna get canceled, aren't I? I I feel like I no, no 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 not at all. I feel like I've seen them on like show up on <laughs> my thing, but I would not doubt I've listened to them before, but I'm kind of unaware. No. What I would say, it's not a it's not a group. It's actually just one person. Um, Little Skies. I jumped on Little Skies. The album called Life with Dark Rose. He is 100% a SoundCloud rapper. Um, I think that one album is amazing and it has really good beats. And it's not something that like you need to over be analyze. But since then, I haven't really been listening to them that much. Yeah. So I'm excited to jump back into it. But definitely one of those uh, new SoundCloud people. So. Okay. I would keep your eye, your ears open to it just in case. Yeah, I'm. I'm and there's a music video coming out. Once again, like I am certain that I have heard them in something. All right. Now, now, who is this gentleman? This this chance, chance the <laughs> rapper. That's a silly name. Uh, yeah. Who's this guy? Brandon. 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 I I don't think he realized how excited I am. Oh my god! It's called Child of God. I know. Yeah, this I is, know. This is, this is you're the Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, though, I, I it's funny. I think it was Monday. Monday it was like seventy degrees out or something. Yeah. After work, I'm tired as can be, and even still, I got home. I was home for two minutes. I went back outside. I went to the park to study, and I just blasted the chance playlist we made for the first podcast. I cannot tell you how happy I am. Brandon, if this is not good. I would watch out. I would not. I would quarantine because Purvis is going to go crazy and it's going to be in public. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just hoping. That, from what I've heard, it sounds good. I'm just hoping that it's good. Is this, the out, is this a song he's been teasing the last like couple weeks? Yes. Yes, this is a song he's been teasing. I think there's a music video to it. I'm not entirely sure. It's some collaboration with some group that I, or organization group, something that I just found called Revolt. Apparently, they're really influential within the black community. So maybe I'll get canceled for not knowing what they are. But anyway, um, it's some kind of collaboration with an artist. Something released last night that I missed. I don't know if it's a music video. I don't know if it's some kind of like art exhibit that he had that he's been posting about at um, Art Exhibit Downtown. I don't know. what it, I don't know what's going on. I'm excited. I'm ready for it to happen. That's yeah. all I know. Oh, my God. I hope it's chant season, because last chant season was like... Jeez. 
if we're comparing chance seasons to hur- to like hurricane seasons, the last chance season was like Katrina. It was bad. <laughs> it was not good. It was a very bad chance season. Yes. You know, but I I'm rooting for him, and I think I think he's going to be good. And the snippets I've heard were they sound pretty. Good. Yeah, they were at. <sighs> Like, every lyric I've heard from this song is better than any lyric on The Big Day. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep... And, like, I'm not joking. I'm, this is not for I the know. laughs. I, I know. I know. I'm laughing through my pain. It's also better than any <laughs> lyric on Certified Lover Boy. Anyway. Uh, okay. <laughs> anyway. So, um, Summer Walker. Song. Summer yeah. Walker is releasing No Love Extended. Uh, it is featuring SZA and Cardi B. This is about to be uh, wow. a major song. For this is going to be this is going to be the most <laughs> listened to song. I think it's hilarious oh, yeah. how like we'll sit here analyzing music for like hours and hours and hours, and like a a song in, intended for girls with female artists going to outsell at twenty to one. Not even anything oh, we yeah. like. like Oh, for sure. Yeah, no and it's just like this, this is, is going to be, be a huge song. I plan on seeing this song in at least five stories in the next week. This is going to be oh my god! Imagine the Instagram captions. Just Bro, imagine. Summer Walker, SZA, and Cardi B. This is dangerous. It's it's not it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> we we are. The boys are going to be down bad. We're going to be down. Why can't we get stuff like this, bro? We, yeah, it's I'm not really like <laughs> it's not like we got the entirety of the genre. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean? You guys have Pusha like T. We, <laughs> it's not like we have tens of thousands of collaborations in music. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, anyway, one hundred percent. Super right. Oh we need to cancel for that. Yeah, yeah, we are. <laughs> But okay. anyway, moving so, on. Moving, moving the fuck on. Uh, so Kid Cudi is apparently t- t- uh, threatening some songs. Bruh, this is hype. I don't even know what to expect. He just—he literally just posted this today. I yeah, I have no idea. Look, Kid Cudi keeps me guessing, man. Like I, I'm a fan of the man. He's top three rapper for me. But you never know with him. Like, is this going to be? Speeding bullet to heaven? Is this going to be man on the moon? Is it going to be kids see ghost? Is it going to be wizard? Is it going to be very different a small part and a Need for Speed movie? What? Who knows? <laughs> like, <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. One off collab with Travis Scott. One off collab with him. Yeah. But I will say, like he he is on a good streak. I I can't remember the last like I can't remember the last time I heard a Kid Cudi song and I was like, nah. Like, even the song he has with Nigo that we were talking about. Like, I like Which that song. It's going to be on the album. Yeah, I like that song. Like, and that's a girl on me. But, yeah, it is a good song. Yeah. So, I'm, uh, I'm excited to hear that. I'm sure we'll, we'll probably chat about it a little bit next week. I would ask, then, do you want it to be a drinking song or a smoking song? Because there is a difference in Kay Cuddy can't do both. Uh, I don't know. I don't really think about songs like that. Like... Cause like to me, every song's a smoking song and also a drinking song. Like, <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> let me rephrase that. Then. Is this gonna be 
A chill song or a hype song? <laughs> I don't know. Probably like, one of both. Chill, <laughs> lay down, you know, vibing by yourself. Kind yeah, of a drinking you know, song, like, right? Do you want a... <laughs> <laughs> you want a party song at a club? Yeah, like a weed song. Because you have to smoke so much weed to, like, get over your social anxiety to do that. You know, it, it doesn't <laughs> help when you do both. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> Sorry, look, never say I'm not being the 100% real me. (laughs) I guess that's true. I was trying to give you options. (laughs) It's like, I don't know, man. For me, both of them are going to be both. Like, it's just going to be the way it is. At the end of the day, we're going to have a cake any song. That's all that matters. It's like, wait, you do something other than both of them when you're listening to <laughs> You're telling me you sit here and listen to music sober? It's like, yes, Brandon. I wait, you're it. telling me you sit here and listen to music <laughs> on one substance? <laughs> Only one. What is this? High school? Like, Oh, but, my God. But anyway. All right, but those are, those are the singles <laughs> coming out. On. Jesus Christ, this is a shit show. <laughs> this is either our worst <laughs> or best show. I don't know which <laughs> We'll, we'll determine by the views. They're, yeah. they're either going to listen to it and be like, these people are idiots and so, laugh at it or turn it off. I don't care. If you're, um, st- if you're still here, we love, 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 love you so much. Anyway, so. Facts. Let's Moving get- on to the actual news. All right, the news. Um, this one, you like. Go first. This all right, is this one. You know about. Yeah, no, this one took the world kind of by storm. And that is one Mr. T, Pusha, Pusha T. He dropped a diss track, but, and keep in mind, this guy probably put out the best diss track. I was going to say, last, his last diss track was, uh... The Life of Adelon, like, destroyed <laughs> Drake's life. And man, <laughs> was that a diss track? Yeah, like, dude, dude's vicious, right? So, I mean, when I saw... Really, Drake had a son. <laughs> yeah, he, he ruined a family. Like, so... He put out a diss track to McDonald's on behalf of Arby's. How would Pusha T do this? Uh, because he was paid a lot of money by an ad agency. So how do you feel about that? You're, you're in this career. You know more about this to me. So, One thing that I heard, he got paid 500k for a 19-year slogan that's still going on. I'm loving it. Well, Timberlake, Justin Timberlake, made six mil from this. I call racist, but... I won't dive into that hole. Hold up, hold up. What do you say? So, I think what's interesting is because I work at a company that is very closely related to the company that did the I'm Loving It slogan, right? And as far as I know, those figures are legit. And yeah, that's that's racist. Like, that's just what that is. But like, the advertising industry has been racist like for a long long time it is unsurprising however there is not surprising part of that part of that is folklore though and the part that's folklore is the idea that like pusha t wrote that for justin timberlake i am i am unaware of the exact part of like what pusha t did but that bot up bot that bot thing like the recording of justin timberlake doing that was before okay. Pusha T wrote the rest of the jingle. Ah. Right? So, like, the, the disparity and the level of work and the fact that Pusha T's work is still in p- 
part of the McDonald's branding. That's all true. But just okay. like the way people have mythologized it a little bit, as far as I understand, like I wasn't in the room. I am, I've been in the industry for two years. This was 20 years ago. Right. But as far as I understand, yes, Pusha T wrote a lot of the audio branding for that campaign, the I'm loving it stuff. But that specific Justin Timberlake thing was previous to his work. That was like what they gave him, and then he filled out the rest. Okay. Yeah, but that the pay dis- still, the pay discrepancy yeah. issue though is one as far as I know. Once again, is one hundred percent real. That is just terrible. It's fucked up, and I believe that because he it wasn't just him; it was him and his brother. It was Klipsch. Yes. So like that money was split between them. Really, I thought it was each. Was it? I once again, like I, I, honestly, I, I don't know. I I've been so busy at work. I did like a little bit of research into it just to get the story straight because like. It just wasn't that hard because everyone was talking about it. Right. But, yeah, so, like, that, that is the disparity. The fact that Justin Timberlake made literally 12 times as much. 12 times. To, to do less work, mind you. Like, I was going to say, like, it, it is, literally it said, is, like, he came up with the little part. And yeah, then he came Pusha up with, like, yeah, and Pusha T made the rest. Like, yeah, he, the parts that are 100% accurate is that pay discrepancy and the fact that, like, Pusha T put in, and his brother put in, that that's the guy I want to make sure doesn't get lost in this conversation. Yes. Is I forget his name, but the other guy in clips. Yeah. yeah. But you yeah, know what I'm curious about? What? I mean, obviously, yes, this is terrible, and yes, this is racism. I'm curious if McDonald's, because like you said, if Justin Timberlake made the bada ba 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 part or whatever, the beginning part. Yeah. That's really all the parts that was played consistently over this 19 year slogan. I wonder if they literally are saying, like, oh, we're not actually playing Pusha T's parts, we're not having to pay. As far as I know, like, it, it, it's, like, the music underneath the ba-da-ba-ba-ba, because, like, every time they play that, there's, like, music underneath it. That stuff okay. was, like, done by Pusha T. So oh, you then, yeah. don't hear one without the other. And yeah, there are say, other parts sense. of, like, the, the music that he made that are still in use. That is uh, terrible. Yeah. So no, there is that discrepancy is very, very real. And you know, I I am happy. Like, I have a, a bunch of very pithy things I could say about my agency. A compliment I'll give them is they put their money when they're with their where their mouth is. They put their money where their mouth is when it comes to like hiring creatives of all colors, right? Specifically, making a great push to hire a lot more black creatives. So, like, that's the thing I'll, I'll say about my agency in this regard. Because I think, like, that it, it's a conflict that's been going on in my industry for as long as I've been in it. And I'm just now starting to see, like, some tides change. And I'm happy that I work at a company that's, like, part of it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So tell me about this. Lyrical Lemonade is collabing with Simone High School. Yeah. Or Simeon. Simeon. My God. On the south side. <laughs> um... That's literally the only reason I did this in. Uh, we talked about Lyrical Lemonade last week. I It's just perfect timing. There's nothing too deep to go into. I just thought it was good timing where we were saying like, oh, like it's a really influential organization regardless of leaders we may not agree with for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, the organization is a pretty good platform. It has a lot of good positive things for the community, even though I don't know if all the sales and proceeds are going to the high school, if it is even better. 
but it's dope seeing stuff like this. They're having a collaboration with Simeon High School on the south side. Derek Rose went there, which is a small detail, but it just kind of shows giving back to other kind of communities and things like that. Wow, that's great. I mean, hell, I'm all for it. I love, I love to see local shit stay, stay local. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so, biggest news of the week. Lala. <laughs> Lala Palooza. Yeah. They dropped their, <clears throat> their uh, what is it called? Lineup? That's what it is. Uh, yes. Dropped the lineup. What do you think about it? doesn't do that. I have one thing to say about Lala. I had I like I gotta take a deep breath. So I don't know, and, and it could just be a hot take, and there are a lot of positives and negatives that come with this. But I honestly think that having a music festival with all the genres is starting to negatively impact the experience. And hear me out. I do realize it is a good thing. It's a nice beneficial thing, everyone feels included. It, no one's counted out, so that's dope. But it's starting to lose the impact considering that is a four-day event that costs $350. This is a commitment. Like, you are spending the entire day for four days straight outside in the hot August summer, and you could be going and spending tons of money to actually go watch maybe two or three people. Yeah. And I think it's personally... And, like, it's not... So drastic where I'm saying, like, oh, they need to change this. It's just a thought that I had. It crossed my mind. And, like, I honestly feel like if they could even break it down by days. Like, let's say, and I, and I understand this isn't a good business strategy. They're doing this so they can gain more money. Because if you want to see someone Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, you're going to buy Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. It's a business strategy. I get that. I'm in the school of business. It's not that deep. But I personally would prefer they did, like, hip-hop on one day. Rap on one day, uh, on not sorry, hip hop on one day, rock on one day, uh, R and B on one day, in whatever category on one day. Yeah. Uh, wow. We are we are polar opposite. Okay, let me hear because your because here's the thing. As a, I feel like the people who get hurt by doing that are the people who only want to see one type of artist. Because here's the thing. With, especially with the way Lala is laid out, you cannot see multiple artists at the same time. So, like, if you're seeing... And they haven't released the day-by-day breakdown, right? But the way it usually breaks down is that there's, like, at the end of the day, there's one hip-hop artist, one pop artist, one rock artist. And it's, like, divided by that. And also, like, dance music. That's the other big genre that's there. Uh, okay, right, right, Perry's. Yeah, so yeah, though, that's, it. that's it. So it's rock, hip-hop, like, dance, and pop. And, like, obviously other genres, like, you know, there aren't even comedians who do, like, the early shows. But one, I would say if you're buying, I feel like it's people only buy Four Days the Lala, like, either because of the experience outside of the music, which I think is most likely it, or because there is so many artists they want to see. Right, I don't think anyone buys four days because they want to see three artists. Right, so the other thing is, I would absolutely hate if Lala did any kind of like refocusing because Lala started as a hard rock festival and it is still ran 
by the I forget his name, but he is the he was the frontman of Jane's Addiction, which was a hard rock yeah. band in the nineties. I think you told me about this. So like this podcast does not benefit from that because <laughs> it means that there is no festival that plays mainstream hip hop in Chicago. Because you have Riot Fest, which does have hip hop acts, like they have you know, I saw some of my favorite hip hop artists last year at Riot Fest, but they're very much punk focused in a way that mm-hmm. Lala isn't rock, pop, or hip hop focused. Uh, well, Pitchfork is you, you don't get mainstream artists. No. And uh, Spring Awakening is all EDM. They're, so I think if you like seeing hip hop artists at large festivals, like this is kind of the, the best way to go about it because you're either going to completely lose out on it in, at Lala if they refocus, and if they put it all in one day, then it's not like, oh, I got to choose between Childish Gambino and Tame Impala. That was the issue I was at at Lala, because it's like, oh, I want to see these two artists, but they're playing at the same time because they're different genres. Then it becomes like, oh, do I want to see J. Cole or Little Baby? And it's like, you want to see both. Like... <laughs> That is true. You know, because, like, those two guys are not going to be at the same day. And they're not going to be at the same time. And that's what I was going to say. In my ideal structure, and this is very loose, like, it, it's not like it's that deep. But my ideal structure would be spreading out each genre by day. Because that would allow you, if you are more interested in, of course, more than one genre, which most people are, you can handpick which days to go to. And I feel like the individual tickets actually add up to be more than the four-day ticket. Oh, yeah, 100%. As a collaboration. So even as a business deal, because that's how I look at a lot of things, it would be much more profitable to spread out, let's say, let's say rock over one day. So you look at the headliners, you have Metallica, Green Day, and let's say Michigan Gun Kelly, you want to throw in that category. I understand that they're headliners, so obviously the headliners play at... 8 p.m. or whatever the last show is, you could easily spread this out over a day. In my previous experiences at Lala, I'm interested in multiple different genres, but even still, I spent most of the day standing around bored, hot, uncomfortable, surrounded by like a bunch of people. Yeah. I didn't spend that much time even being interested in other genres. I didn't spend that much time like actually at a stage listening to music. Yeah. It's just I don't know. I mean, that's just the the big music festival experience, right? That's okay. That's another thing I was going to say because you brought up the experience part. I don't know if I've had the best experience in Lala. See, I I had a really wonderful time at Lala, but I went to one day, and I've only been to Lala. I, I'm basing my entire experience on Lala as like either one experience or whatever well like i would always hang out like outside like if you hang out in like grant park like behind grant park because they only shut down like they shut down most of it for lala but not all of it so like you can go behind it and like i remember seeing the weekend at lala one year just by there was this bush that just wasn't there and it was like you had this excellent view of the stage and it was just like oh i can hear shit i can see shit i'm outside (laughs) who cares like but yeah, I think I, know, I think that's just the festival experience, right? They want to like every day is like organized from like top down, right? Mm-hmm. So like, imagine you have J Cole. Well, like Lil Baby or Doja Cat's not playing that same day. 
you have you'll have J. Cole and like before him you'll have YG, before him you'll have Corday, before him you'll have Denzel Curry, before him you'll have, you know, all those people. And it like builds. So I think if you're someone like sure, like it's probably more profitable to sell single day tickets, but Lala doesn't make their ticket their profit on tickets. They make it on the shit you buy at the festival. Mm-hmm. So I think they I think that's why they're willing to sell four day tickets at a probably not at a loss, but like less than single days. Right. Because they know you're gonna be there all day buying food, buying drinks, buying merch. I mean either way, but I think you're still gonna get the same population coming in. So I feel like it wouldn't be enough change between those like those channels of profit coming from example, like you said, merch, food, whatever. Those numbers aren't gonna change just because people are buying one day tickets versus the four day tickets. Uh, I, I don't know. I think they kind of, I, I think they do. Uh, but like if you're someone like f- me, for example, cause like my take on the, on the, uh, uh, on the lineup is that it's very mid. I've seen worse lineups. I thought last year was a worse lineup, but I've also seen much better. And, and like, this is why I brought this whole conversation up because, and it's actually a question that I was going to ask ultimately. Yeah. Every single year. Everybody says this lineup is mid. <laughs> I think everyone's a lot harsher than that. Like, I think everyone will call, the. I think the lineup is everyone says it's trash. Well, even that. that and even and first off, like one, like okay, I want you. I want you to remember something. Okay, Lala, Lala has one primary target, and it is I know eighteen to twenty-one year olds with rich parents. Like that is their primary target. And I feel like everyone fucking forgets that. Like, sometimes some of our friends, and I'm sure you know which ones I mean, like, they'll, yes. they'll, like, they'll be like, oh, it's going to be, like, multiple hip-hop artists every night. I'm like, that's just not going to happen because that's not how they program it. Right. right? Like, it's just not how it works. Like, that's why, like, when you have... You know, when I went, it was Childish Gambino and Tame Impala. Now, I think those artists are kind of close, in, like, a lot closer in fan base than usual. But, like, one time it was the Black Keys and Ariana Grande. And those are two artists that probably don't have a whole lot of overlap, right? Right. So it's like... Let's say, there's going to be nobody having a really hard decision on what they Yeah, doing. yeah. So that's usually the, the what they're trying to do. So I, I think I, I'm, I'm hostile to the idea of, like, siphoning all the dates because like okay just because like if i'd rather miss one or two rock bands because i'm seeing hip-hop artists throughout the day or one or two hip-hop artists because i'm seeing rock bands throughout the day than have to choose between like the big big artists that i want to see not that i'm ever gonna buy a four-day ticket to lala unless they have an incredible lineup which look they've had really good lineups before like I remember 2017 or 20, it was 2018. 2018 had a really, really solid lineup. I guess the question I would pose then to get back to a lineup like 2018, what needs to change? Because the reason it, it seems like everybody is always like, like you said, this is trash. I, I, and this is what we heard every year. How I, do we fix that? I 100% think the problem is just people not understanding. <laughs> like, what they're talking about. Like, yeah, I think people are just... I don't 
like I I don't see how Lala fixes that. Like I don't see how. One, I don't think Lala's gonna fix anything because I don't think Lala's in trouble. Say, there's nothing to you fix, know? basically. You know, especially after last year, because like last year was like this huge economic event for the city. It was post COVID, and it was also like I'm as COVID skeptical, like I'm as COVID pot like cautious as possible, right? But it is worth pointing out that there wasn't a surge last year during a pandemic during Lala, right? So it, it's coming off a huge, some huge successes. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think it's in a situation where it's going to change, right? It's the same reason Apple doesn't drastically change the iPhone because why there's would no, why right. would they? There's, that would, there's no reason to change, you know. And the other thing is that yeah, I do think it is. I think it is pretty uniformly bad for us for fans if they were to be like up oh, all the rock artists on one day, all the you know to organize that way. And I think the reason why people are upset is because people forget that, like, people forget that the genres they don't want to see uh, have equal pull on the bill. Yes. People forget that, like, yeah, people forget that, like, you know, Lala is going to, and also I think, especially people in our sphere, people forget Lala's origins. You know, people forget that this is a old school rock show and it has just evolved with the times. Yeah. I don't know if forget is the best word. They just don't know. Yeah, like, like people they're just they're just ignorant to the fact that yeah, technically it's a rock concert. Yeah, traditionally. Yeah, there, there's a reason why Metallica is at the top of the bill. Which, by the way, uh, are you going to this? Because I'm just going to go for one day for Metallica. Oh really? You you like already decided you're going to go? I mean, I'm gonna. Th- I I'm pretty sure I'm going to go. I'm going to see the single day lineup and. If there is like one other killer artist I really want to see that doesn't interfere with seeing Metallica, I'll probably just go see that because Metallica is one of my favorite bands of all time. They just recently did a show at the Metro, which is like right here. We walk past it every time we go to Kane's at my apartment, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I missed out on it. Like the line, I could literally see the line from my front door to get tickets. Man, that is torture. Yeah, so I, I want to make well, that. This up is what I would say. If you do go, let me know. I would need to see the day. Yeah. Because depending on how the day lineup lines up throughout the day, I would see the not big names that are like featured throughout the day. Because let's say, for example, Metallica's at the head and they're like a headliner. Yeah. And then we go see Metallica together. Throughout the day, I would need to see like, I don't know, like Big Sean, Don Tolliver, um, yeah. Denzel Curry. But yeah, like. And those are great examples of, like, how you got to look at it. Because, like, yeah, if Don Tolliver or Denzel Curry, if Denzel Curry is on the same day as Metallica, done deal. You've take already my, decided. Take right. my money, yeah. <laughs> but, like, there, there's no way J. Cole plays before Metallica on yeah, the same no, day. You know what I mean? Impossible. Especially, it's not or, be like, the same day or, like, chances are Metallica is probably going to end Sunday and against Dua Lipa. Yeah, those are the two biggest ones. Yeah, like, or Green Day, but, you know, it's... Yeah, but they have to I do think the second tier is actually a lot stronger than either one. Referring to, what, like Doja Cat or something? No, no, I mean, like, do you see how, like, the the top tier, like the headliners? Yeah. yeah and then there gets smaller, and then it gets smaller again? Yes, I do see that now. But yeah, that's uh, so those are my thoughts. I think it's pretty mid. I think people 
always call it trash because they forget they've either don't know or they forget like one that other genres exist and two that their genre is not the priority for these for this festival uh i look i would love if we had a rolling loud here in chicago like but we don't we have lala so well we were just talking about this over the week but if they had that like coachella here yeah but not not coachella as a whole that's that's coachella's a lot closer to lala one year Oh yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, like the the one year that we was talking about, the, the year that got canceled by COVID, my God, that was headlined by Rage, Rage Against the Machine, Travis Scott, and Frank Ocean. Yeah, no, that's a three. I, we would both buy three day. Yeah, it wouldn't even. I would, I would sell, I would sell a child into slavery to go to that concert. Jesus Christ, we could have went anywhere. <laughs> he chose the stupidest. Also, one. like I don't know, eat a pizza with olives. I guess, like. Two very different ends of the spectrum. They're both things I don't want to do. <laughs> yeah, but they're two different extremes. <laughs> okay. 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 We are just now arriving to the deep dive. Okay. So, Burvis, tell, tell the good folks what we're doing this week. So, this week we will be discussing a deep dive on an album. We've been texting about this for a while, but after we do it, our big crit deep dive, we said we have to pick a handful of albums that we would find interesting to kind of talk about and to make them more worthy, I, I would say, and something of interest. It can't be like obvious albums. It has to be kind of like off albums that maybe didn't get as much attention or maybe have a deeper meaning or has a play a bigger role in the person's career. Um, but I digress. This yeah. week, I decided to talk about Oxnard by Anderson Peck. Yeah. So oh. I think we just want to find like albums, pieces of work that just resonate with us, right? Right. Even if they're not, even if they're not necessarily something we'd call a classic. Like, spoiler alert: I, I don't know if I would call any of Anderson Peck's albums classics yet. Okay. Yeah, but I, I have a reason for that, and we can get to it. I was going to say, that was definitely going to be one of my questions further on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's just start off with this album in particular. This is the one that we decided to uh, kind of go into and listen to the most. What are your opinions? What's going on? I have mean, you heard this album before this week? Yes, I've heard this album. I remember it came out and in 2018. It was my first introduction to Anderson Pack. Ooh, okay. Not necessarily. Like, I've seen, like, off songs, a few songs off Malibu. I remember really, really liking his freshman class freestyle. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, he was with one of my least favorite people of all time. But right off the bat, like, this song is just perfect. It's, you know what's great about this album is that it is low-key and summery and chill without sacrificing any substance. Like, he's talking about real shit on every song, but it's Mm -hmm. just, it doesn't command your attention and your anger the way of, like, Pimp the Butterfly does. Yes. You know, there is a, there is a weird, um, you know, X factor of, like, Anderson Pack is just, like, one of those artists that, like, every time he has music come out, I revisit, now, I I listen to that, and I also listen to all, I always go back and listen to more of them. But you know, Stuff you enjoyed. Previously. Yeah, like when Ventura came out, that was the first time I listened to Malibu. 
Okay. Yeah. So, like, whenever he drops something, like, I'm always, like, I like it so much that I go back and I do some digging. But he's never someone who, like, sticks really hard in my rotation. You know, he, he's probably one of the artists I respect the most, but maybe not my favorite, like, my personal favorite. Yeah, I, I can definitely... I can definitely understand it, especially with the respect part that you said at the end. I was going to say he's one of the few artists that can do everything when it's yeah. when it comes to music necessarily. Like he knows all the instruments. He he make like when he makes the music is it's not really a question like oh who produced this. It's like no he can play. Yeah, he does the whole music. thing. He makes the music. He's also <laughs> and like that is extremely talented. He's also like a studio drummer, which right. like, like and and it's, it's insane. And it's interesting that like we talked about rock so much because like being a studio drummer is like one of the most demanding musical careers you can have, right? It's not as creatively fulfilling as being like a performer, a writer, a rapper, whatever you have, whatever you call it. It, it is certainly like it's, you got to be a metronome for someone else's art and it is difficult. And he does it at such a high level extremely high level yeah so he is this man is really talented like i i don't know of any he he just has like an understanding of music and the thing that's interesting about music is that it is simultaneously like an art and a craft Mm -hmm. right so and i know we're trying not to talk about him but you have someone like kanye who like (laughs) sits but like he sits at the keys and like he's able to like in like an artful, emotional way, just pull emotion out of music. And then you have someone like Anderson Pack, who is like a technician, who can do all these different things at a high level, right? Like it, it, it was the thing that it was the thing that originally turned me off from metal. Like when I was really, really into heavy metal music as a teenager, because like okay. eventually I felt like it was all just like people trying to play the guitar better and they don't care about the song. The thing that's great about Anderson Pack is that he has this high level of technical ability and he still is able to find like that. Um, he's still able to craft a song. Like he still knows yeah. like how to put it. He can do it all. He can do it exactly. all. Right. He can He'll give you a one, two punch where you can satisfy and, both categories that you need. And he is, he's not the only one who can do this. Like, and, and just to reiterate, but, and he's not unique in the fact that he can't. But he absolutely fucking can't. And that's what makes his music like just so holistically incredible to listen to. Mm-hmm. And, I, I actually, and I think Oxnard is probably his best album. I would definitely put it up. To, it's either the second best or tied with the best. I like Malibu the most. Malibu I personally bad. call Malibu a classic just because I was really into it when it came out. And I think Malibu has structurally some of his best music. Yeah, And it's very interesting that you actually brought up when you first started talking about it, um, to Peppa Butterfly, I got a similar vibe where it, it's one of those albums that almost jumps past music. Like, obviously, it's still music. It's important about the music. That's why these people are artists. But there's also, like, it's very easy to jump into a deeper meaning where it kind of transitions to just the music. Um, and that's how I was kind of looking at it. Where, like, Malibu, I was comparing more to Mad City, where I think it's a classic. And then this is a great way for the artist to branch out. How do they move past creating a classic? Do they stay up in their career? What can they do? Do they fall off? And I feel like he would be one of those people that was able to advance his career 
past the classic, which is very difficult because a lot of people would fall off because it's your best music that you can create. Yeah. And it allows them to open up new avenues. Yeah. Right? It becomes more than music. I mean, that's definitely an interesting point. And I, especially having gone back and listened to Malibu a few times over the last few years, like, I, I really wish I would have been about it at the time. But, like, 2016 was so flooded, and, like, I also was not super, So much. Yeah, there was so much in 2016, and, like, I also was not... That was, like, when I first started to get back into music after a few years of not really listening to it as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I totally agree that... I, I totally get that Malibu. A lot of people think that's his best album. I just think, you know, the production on this is just so consistent and like some of the highlights on this are pretty high right so we did that with the last album so we should probably do that with this yeah yeah so like what are what are your favorite songs for the album um tint stands out to me featuring kendrick lamar that's like the easy obvious reason that's like the easy Uh, that's what i said like but it's so good is there a is there a better Driving with the windows down song than Tins, which is ironically yeah, about driving with the windows up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, you're not wrong. And it, it's something. I can't believe you just brought that up. I didn't even think about that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, moving on. Uh, Six Summers. So, yeah. So good. That's my favorite song. That's my favorite song. I was, I was actually thinking. I feel like we may have actually talked about this when it first came out very, very briefly. Yeah. I remember it was we definitely both did. testing like six summers. And we was like really into this album. Yeah. No, no, we definitely um, did. I, you know, this came out in 2018. 2018 was another really, really busy year. Cause like, true. and the only reason I, I do think like the reason why. So I, I didn't, maybe it's just every time like Anderson Pack releases something. It's just there's so much more. Like, there's so much else that's coming in out, right? Because, like, 2018, we had Pusha T, Yay, you know, Kids See Ghost, which was the thing that dominated my 2018. You had Astral World. You had, oh, fuck, what was the other one? Iridescence, which also had the whole lead in with the whole Amir Van and, like, the singles thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, that, like, the run up to Iridescence, like, was kind of the thing that defines 2018 for me. Despite it not being my favorite album, and listen to all the shit I just said. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it was a lot. But just like. Hey, hey, but guess what? Guess who won Grammys that year? Who won Grammys that year? Cardi B with uh, Invasion of Privacy. Well, you know, it's not Macklemore. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? Like, that's my official opinion. Like, it's not as bad as Macklemore. Oh, man. Yeah. Scorpion came out. You love Scorpion. I do like Scorpion. I do like Scorpion. That's another one. Didn't you make like a whole playlist off of it? I okay. So my thing is. Oh, that, KOD. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. There's KOD. A lot more that yeah. We did not mention. Yeah. <laughs> like, Swimming came out. Yeah. Like, Scorpion. There, there's a lot. Yeah. Here I, for me by Saba. Yeah. Fighter Five. Tab or oh, Tabu Denzel Curry. It's a lot. Yeah, a lot. So point being, <laughs> I was. And I remember, like, this album came out and it made such a splash, especially with the people I hang out with, that I had to listen to it. But it's almost special in that way, because every time I listen to it, even though I know most of the songs, it feels fresh. You know, Mm because that's one thing, you know, 
I'll put on Kids See Ghosts sometimes, and it's like, oh, I've heard this a million times, right? It's boring now. And then you go, like, six months without hearing it, and it's completely new again. But, like, I, I think that's something that is, like, a special connection I have with this, this album, and I think Anderson Pack as a whole, is that, you know, I tend to enjoy it and then come back to it periodically, and that lets me just, like, it keeps it fresh in my mind. Yeah. Now, that, do, that do you have sense. do you have like a worse song? Because like my best song is Six Summers. You know, I love Tints, great song, but Six Summers is like Tints. Trippy is really good. Left to Right is really good. Wow, you said Trippy. I did like Trippy. Trippy. I like Trippy a lot. Okay, because like I, I I question if there's any like real bad songs in this on this album, right? Even though it's I do think the back half is a little bit more boring than the first half. If I'm being completely okay. real, yeah. I thought Trippy was disappointing. I don't. I wouldn't call it bad. I don't think it's a bad song by any stretch, but I, it was. I was like, oh shit, dude, J Cole, hell yeah, because I love J Cole. And yes. It's like, yes. It is not. I, I I genuinely believe that if you put them in a room, you put two artists of that caliber in a room, nine times out of ten, they're gonna make music better than that. That's just my thought. No, you are correct. 100% I'm in the same boat. I will say, considering that those are the two artists, you would think is going to be a banger. Yeah, um, exactly. Because like he has Kendrick song. and J. Cole on the album. Yeah, it, like it, your expectations definitely were too high. But I wouldn't say too high. They were where it's supposed to be and it just didn't fulfill. You're, you're right. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's not, once again, I, I don't think it's bad by any stretch. I just think it's a little disappointing. That's all. And, but left or, left or right is a very very strong ending. I I think oh, absolutely yeah no I think the as far as like an ending comes like I think those last two tracks are both like steps up. But I mm-hmm. think like you know from six summers and then uh, until those last two tracks I think is a bit of a lull. You know I think it goes from great bordering on masterful to like very good, which is like a you know like. Yeah, you, any you artist. Can't really complain with that. Yeah, yeah, like any artist would would kill to have as you know. Let me let me pull up some examples because I had the album pulled up. Hold on, okay. hold up one second. Like, sure, perfect example. Any artist would kill to have like a song as good as like Smile Petty or Brothers Keeper, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that that is a those songs are noticeably weaker than like Tits or Six Summers or Who Are You. Yes. You know? Also, the, the first song was like, and every time I listen to the album, this is something that I, I remember. The first song, not, not the best. Not, not the best opener. It's not the best opener. The second song, really good. Turn off a lot of people. Really good. Really good. Uh, like you said, second song, second song is probably, it, it contains some of my favorite parts. Yeah, Headlow. Yeah, Headlow's yes. great. Like, so, and, and then Tits. Right, so so much so much good music, but like I do think like, you know, it's not watertight. Like it's not beyond criticism. Yes, it is. It's interesting because you said the worst song, and it is very difficult. I don't know if I could say it's the worst song. It is songs that stand out that aren't like ten out of tens, obviously. But like yeah. even still, there's a lot of very unique things in this album. Like there's skits within songs. Yeah, and that to me is super super dope. Where it creates more of a 
almost like a movie. When, when I listen to it, I feel like I'm in a movie. I feel like I'm in some kind of like L.A. It's a very movie almost. <laughs> yeah, no, it's very much like Sunset in Compton, like right yes. there. Yeah, and like in that way, it reminds me of Mad City. Yeah, and, and that's exactly like, why. Because like saying. Mad City, like yeah, like Mad City was a very cinematic album, and this is. This you feel is, like you see this it. and Ventura are like very cinematic, even though Bro, I think the, Malibu the, is better than Ventura. Like, yeah, and I was gonna say there's parts in this where like the the end of Headlow, which is why I was thinking about this. We were talking uh-huh. about Headlow, the end of Headlow, and it creates a scene like oh, like he's rapping, he's getting head in the car, he crashes the car while getting head, and like the people that's like he crashes to is like screaming and like yelling at him, and he was like no no don't stop like I'm close like I don't care. And it's like it creates that movie. Like it's a very simple imagery, but like that goes a long way with the music. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I, I think what what becomes interesting now is because there there are two words that I don't see anywhere in our write up about this album, and that that is okay. uh, uh, Silk and Sonic. Because it's kind yeah. Because it's kind of hard to talk about the future of Anderson Pack without talking about that. Okay. Can you kind of break down? Well. Okay, so anyone who doesn't know, Silk Sonic was a collab album done between Anderson Pack and Bruno Mars, and it is a lot. Le- it is a lot less hip hoppy. It is very much like an R and B throwback, old school soul. And it's I-, I thought the album was incredible. I love Silk Sonic that album. And then this year we covered it on the show. They dropped Soul uh, a new song, which wasn't on the album, which. I think is a pretty heavy implication that there's more of that coming. Which is exciting. Yeah. Unlike an Earth Gang or Run the Jewels, where, like, these are artists that can survive on their own, have survived on their own, but they're in a group right now, and we don't know when they're in a group, like, how long this is going to last. I think it's pretty mm-hmm. obvious that Silk Sonic, like, is going to be something they do as well as put out their solo work, because I think Bruno Mars has been putting yes. out solo songs. And which I think is better for each of their careers. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Because like Silk Sonic is like such a different, like it's such a different muscle being stretched. Because you know it's much, it allows Anderson to be much more musical, yes. which you know is something a muscle I love seeing him flex. You know, I I love that Silk Sonic album. Probably not as much as actually no, I think I like it more than his solo work. All of his solo work, or just some? I mean. You know, it's hard to say. Mm-hmm. Maybe after... Because I gotta say, like, it is kind of crazy because title tracks we listen to day-to-day basis, right? So every day I see, get updates on, like, who my most streamed artists of the months are. And, like, in the last three days since we've been talking about Anderson Pack, he went from not in the top 20 to five. So... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I... As I go, I'm definitely going to be listening to a lot of his music now. And maybe that will change, but as of right now, I think Silk Sonic is probably my favorite of his projects. It's not the only one I've, it's not the only one I've liked, and it's not the only one I've liked that much, but it's probably my favorite. I still have to listen to it, unfortunately. I know. I've been dragging. Boo! But... Everyone pelts him with paper. I know. Throw I'm tomatoes sorry. at him. I am very excited to listen to it, I'll say that. I know it's very different genre of music, because, like, with all his previous stuff, his solo albums, like, they have a reoccurring theme. It's yeah. Whole, like, they're obviously, all they're all named in, after cities, cities in California. California. Yeah. Right. 
So I, I am very excited about the solo work, but I would be interested to kind of see how he dives and works into other people. Yeah. The perfect fair. person, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no, he picked... Like, what better person to party he with? He picked... Yeah, he picked the best collab. And it's, it's a collab type that normally doesn't work very well, right? Like, usually if you want a collab to, like, really, really pop, you want people who are different. I think that's why Drake and Future work really well. I think that's why Run the Jewels works really well. But these guys, they're both super musical. They're both super into that. I think, despite being in different genres, I think they are very similar artists, and they have very similar vibes. And I think they just pop off, like, incredibly well. But, um... But, yeah, so, on the on title, they have the, uh, they have the Master Quality tracks. And yes. a lot of Anderson stuff is on it. And I, I tell you, like, you can really hear, like, how much music is, like, in it. Like, how many different recordings. It, it sounds... It, the thing I like the most about Anderson Pack is how real his music feels, right? As cool as synths are, as cool as samples are, nothing beats just a dude on the drums. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I gotta I ask... Totally, totally agree. What is your big, biggest argument for making Malibu a classic? I personally think Malibu is a classic. Breaking down the actual album itself. For me, it contains a lot of like the key things that comes with a classic. I mean, obviously, each song is a hit. But for me, when I think of like a classic, it contains a lot of the artist's best songs. Which I feel like this contains a lot of the peak songs that he's had in his career. I feel like structurally, it is the like ideal length. It's the topic and the subject is really, really good. And it has a deeper meaning in general. I would say the overall laying thing, like always with him, you get that summary feel and that great kind of movie feel almost. Like yeah. you're in a like, movie. It, like, it's, a, like, it's a sense of place. Yes. I feel like it was his first time doing it very, very successfully that a lot of people could not do. And whenever I hear people mostly talking about Anderson Pack, Malibu typically comes up more common in social media, I would say. So I feel like this is what also put him on the map. And there's like a lot of structurally things, like I said, how how I look at music. I've kind of discussed it before, but I kind of break down how it all puts it together. Like I love interludes. I love to look at features. I think it has a perfect balance between features and individual songs. It has skits included in it that are both surface level, like simple hip hop flex stuff, but also includes like deeper meaningful stuff. There's yeah. political stuff in there, some more meaningful like life balance type of stuff in here. I... Um, there's go ahead. No, no, keep keep going. On what you're doing? Yeah, I, I was gonna say like another thing for me. Like I love songs that include two songs, for example, like. It, Either it's a transition or, like, you literally have two songs put into one because it's, like, a part A, part B. Yeah. And, like, the song, The Seasons, and Carry Me, like, I love that kind of stuff. Like, that kind of stuff I notice all the time. In every single title of the creator album, the tenth song is always two songs put together. He's always done that throughout his career. And that's the first thing that, like, I would notice. I always look for that. Yeah. And so stuff like that is just phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. No, I... Well... My thought was just something that, as I was looking through his like streaming page, it was a single that popped up, and I'm like, "Oh my god, this is my favorite Anderson Pack song." It's I, yep. to my recollection, it's never been on an album. It 
And I remember it coming out and being like, oh my god, this is what I want him to do. And what's up? Which one's that? It's, it's Lockdown. Okay. It was the protest song he came out with in the summer of 2020 in response yeah, to the riot. Yeah, it came with a video. Yeah, it came with a video, video and everything. And it was like, hard. It was like him like really, really Oh, going. you and your politics. <laughs> yeah, I know, but dude, the dude did it really fucking well. And like, and what's funny is like the, the project he would go on to do after that is Silk Sonic and the opposite of what that was. like. <laughs> and I also really, really quite liked it. But I remember when that came out. That was like a flashpoint for me and Anderson back. Like, oh, man. I'm picturing the music video now. Yeah. That was a really good song. That was a good song. Yeah. And it, it was just... It's another example. It's something calling back to last week's episode. Like, just right song, right moment, right artist. And this came out in 2020. Yeah. Man. Yeah, this literally would have been perfect last week. Yeah. Well, we were talking about albums, so I can see why we... That is true. That is true. So, like, yeah, I mean, I I think if we're talking about Anderson Pack's... Not that we were, but, like, as we talk about Anderson Pack's future, especially as a solo artist, that's Mm -hmm. kind of more of a vibe I'd like to see. Especially because, like, Gangster Rap was born in California. There's no, like, there's no reason he can't go in that direction without keeping every part of his albums that we like. I'm interested to see... At least in terms of that subject, how involved he might be, because obviously, like, there's certain artists that are more involved with, like, yeah, right, yeah, that kind of um, topic. But yeah, and I don't know and his history with that, and especially, especially like in 2020, 2021, like, mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of reminds me of the uh, the Kendrick feature on that Baby Keem song, where he's like, "I've been ducking the overnight activist." You know, the people who become activists when it's convenient. Although that is, mm-hmm. and that's a vibe I get from a lot of artists, but not Anderson Pack. I got to keep it real. Besides, like, Six Summers. Like, Six Summers is a very political song. It is. Yeah. But you just said you loved, so don't, don't shame me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't shame me for being a dirty politics person. <laughs> you just know I am on the opposite spectrum. I am obsessed. And we, and we respect each other for that. Yeah. I, I envy you. I wish I could undo it. Knowledge is a prison. Like, Dude, you grow up a young black male who doesn't believe in the government anyway, you kind of stop caring. Hey. Well, I will not, that's hey. not the right word. The government, not welcome in here. <laughs> <laughs> if you are a uh, federal agent listening to this podcast, Brandon, my name is Andrew Stewart. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and do not ask me where I was during the Chicago riots. <laughs> God damn. Okay. Um, do we want to do recommendations? Should we, <laughs> just like, should we close this out? <laughs> we were just putting it back together. We, we pulled it back, back together to give a, a, a solid half hour on Oxford. Really, y'all, we could respond. Yeah. Given, given, the, given the circumstances we're in. All right, let's see. You go first because all of my music has been filled with Anderson Pack recently. Yeah, yeah, me too. I was like, should I recommend an Anderson Pack song? Uh, (laughs) Don't, don't do it. Okay, no, I'm gonna actually list one. It's one that I cannot believe we left off uh, one of our playlists. Uh, Our women's playlist 
Because, like, it's an artist we mentioned, it's an artist who's on the playlist, and it is one of their hardest songs, and we left it off. And Which one? I listened to it, and now I can't stop listening to it. Uh, Formation by Beyonce. Oh, yeah, yeah. That song goes fucking yeah. hard. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. No, remember I texted you, I was like, you know what, Beyonce and Beyonce, we could honestly put, like, 20 songs. Yeah, it's <laughs> facts. 100% facts. But, like, that's her best song. Like, come on. Like, it's, it's so good. It's so good. So, yeah. And it's listening. crazy to say, like, that's her best song, and she has so many best songs. So many good songs. <laughs> Lemonade. Lemonade as itself is, like, an extremely good album. It's going to be an album we do a deep dive on eventually. Oh, okay, um, you go. Actually, I do have a couple of songs I've been saving. Um, not even towards the same route at all, because this person is not Beyonce or even worthy of the mention. Um, this is a person, 24K Gold. He has a song in like 2K17 that I heard recently called Games on Your Phone. Oh, it's yeah. It's actually really, it's a vibe. I've heard that it's song. Vibe. It's an okay song. Yeah. Yeah, it's a vibe. Yeah, no, it's a fun song. <laughs> the intro's hard. Okay. I'm not going to lie to you. My next song, okay. I almost sent it to you uh, to have you listen to it so you wouldn't flame me for recommending it on the podcast. Okay. Uh, okay. It's, uh, it's, a, it's Reagan. By Killer Mike. Okay. It's a song about Ronald Reagan. <laughs> it's just a t- two-minute history lesson on a incredible beat. And you know, I, hate you. <laughs> I just went back into Killer Mike's solo work. Because like, when we were talking about albums we wanted to do, uh, rap uh-huh. music by him, the album This Is On, is like... St- one of my favorite all-time albums. And I went back and I listened to this song, and it's just like, god damn. It just builds so well. There's no choruses. It's like two verses that just build. It builds to like the ultimate climax of like, I'm, I'm dropping off the grid before they pump the lead. I'll leave you with four words. I'm glad Reagan's dead. And it's just like... <laughs> and like, I know if you listen to the song... You would not okay. have this reaction. Like, <laughs> obviously, I, from what you're saying, I don't know if I'm gonna go and listen to it. Yeah, you might get put on a list, but I've been on that list since for years. Yeah, since Killer Mike so was doing you. features with Outkast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do have a second song, but I'm just gonna throw in my third song since you uh, mentioned letting the beat build. From this, from this Ronald Reagan song, um, the actual song "Let the Beat Build" by Lil Wayne, it goes hard. Oh yeah, like the way he introduces remind me, all the remind me what, what song that what remind me what albums that's from. That is from the Carter Three. Yep, that's what I thought, dude. Carter Three it, is it, Jesus, such an obviously great album. Yeah, yeah, and like it, the, the chorus, the lyrics. The actual beat building, stop playing. Oh my god, yeah. I the, the song isn't coming to me right now, but I've listened to the Carter 3 front to back so many times, there's no way I haven't heard it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, last song. It's a song I've mentioned to you. It's a song I've brought up recently. It's not the greatest song in the world, but it's fucking catchy, and it's Acting Crazy by Action Brownson. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, dude. That song, song is high. That song's so yeah, good. That dude, that song is that like, so dude, I, this entire week, I'm I just like, like, someone will be looking at me in the office and I'll be like, why do you think I'm out here acting crazy? 
<laughs> when you texted to me, I did have to go look it up. And as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, yeah, I know the song. Yeah. The song's good. Yeah. The video the is incredible. Oh, I didn't know there was a video. Oh, my I God. Watch the video. You haven't watched the video? You, watch... you got to watch the so, video maybe? at the second. I'm not. <laughs> We're going to end the podcast, but I'm not hanging up Discord until you start the video. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're going to discuss this after. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me just close it out then. All right, close uh, it My out. last song, and this actually is a song that I actually love a lot. Um, this did come up when I was listening to Chance earlier this week, but All My Friends by Snake Hips featuring Chance. Um, Jesus, this song is really, really good. It, it's a nice like party song. It's almost like a, a house party or... A, like a, a friendly basement social kind of party. Like it's kind of song. It's really, really good. It's really wow. good. All right. You guys send that to me. Send that to me right, at, right when we're done. I want to listen to that. I got you. All right. I think there's been enough of sanity. I think we could just do a nice, calm. Yeah. Just, All right. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Um, good night. Love every- you. Good night, everybody. <laughs> uh, don't, don't do drugs or do. I don't care. Bye. Jesus Christ.